0: Hey Dean.
1: Hey Chams.
0: I was thinking about that Zoom birthday call that you and I both attended a couple weeks ago. Remember that?
1: The one with all of our high school friends and one random person who only the birthday boy knew.
0: Yeah, exactly. That one random person decided to take it upon himself to be the icebreaker. And so he felt compelled to ask us all our worst hookup story.
1: Yes. And uh, so, you know, right now I'm... It's coronavirus. It's COVID-19 era. Um, I moved in with my aunt and uncle in their basement. And, yeah, I am 27. And my best friend and her husband just bought a house. But it's fine. Uh, I'm fine. We're all fine here. Uh, However... (laughs) There are three small children running around the house, and at any given time, I need to be aware of what I'm talking about, so I didn't get to share my worst hookup story, so you actually did it for me.
0: I did, and I admittedly did a pretty bad job of telling the story, but it was like, it was a very welcome deflection from having to tell My actual story because I think like everyone else, I was feeling very awkward that this random person that I'd never met before.
1: Okay, and that this that this random person was a fucking virgin. (laughs) For Christ's sake, like if you're gonna ask that goddamn question, like you must have taken it somewhere or put it somewhere, (laughs) but no.
0: Anyway, so um despite my frustrations about like how awkward this dude made our friend's birthday. Um, I was inspired by the question that he asked. Um, and I thought it might be a fun topic for you and me to discuss today. So what was your worst hookup ever?
1: I'm really excited to share.
0: I'm like a bit preemptively traumatized about telling the story because it was so it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. I'm Chims,
1: And I'm Dean.
0: And together we made a marriage pact when we were 17.
1: It seems safe at the time. I mean, what were the odds that we'd still be very single at age 30?
0: Well, 10 years later, those odds are looking pretty bleak. So we decided to take action before it's too late.
1: Together, we're going to explore our dating history over the past 10 years. and. Hopefully try and figure out where we've gone wrong along the way.
0: Retell old love stories, recount fleeting romances, maybe even consult some experts. You know, get professional help. Because we really don't want to marry each other. I mean, we like each other fine, but it's more of a structural issue.
1: And if you can't read between the lines, what he's trying to say is that we both like boys.
0: Hopefully by sharing our journey with the world, we'll help some other people out.
1: Or if not, at the very least, we'll try our best to be entertaining. And selfishly, we'll get to hear the sound of our own voices.
0: All right, Dean. So I think it's time for you to to do justice to this story that I Botched during our birthday Zoom call. So the floor is yours. I want you to tell me about your worst hookup ever.
1: Okay. So we'll start at the beginning. I meet this guy on Hinge, and he seems cool. He's super cute. His profile makes him seem really fun. We have great conversation, and I eventually agree to a date. So he picks a fried chicken and beer and the first thing that comes to my mind is like wow this is a this is a dream man <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny I would have had the opposite really if was, if, yeah like if somebody picked a place like that I would be like um it's just so safe you know. That is, like not, chicken and beer. that is
1: not a safe pick. I will say his first choice was karaoke, and I think he doesn't understand that a pandemic is happening.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when you sing, you, you throw the corona around with your booming voice.
1: Literally everywhere. And, you know, I don't fuck around when I karaoke, so... Lord knows my germies would have been out everywhere. So we got up for this first date. An hour in, we're a beer or two in. And that's the, the inflection point, right? Like he wanted another drink. And so I'm like, all right, we've, we've chosen to continue on in this adventure together. It ends up being a great night. Like we, I always ask about people's adventures on online dating. Anyways, flashboard. I did something a little dangerous, he walked me in my car and we made out, and he stares at me right in the eyes and says, this is one of the good dates.
0: Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I think normally I would be be happy for you if you said that, but just knowing that this is your response to the question of what was your worst hookup ever, I'm like, it gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies.
1: No, I'm foreshadowing this so well that yeah. it's gonna go terribly. <laughs> so, we go on two more dates after this, um, over about the course of a week, which is it's a lot to see someone in COVID. like, I haven't seen anyone that much. Um, but we're like, it's like I, I don't want to use the word like the term honeymoon phase, but it's kind of the honeymoon phase, like, you're just really into someone, and he. He just kept like looking at me at random points in our dates and would just be like you're so cute uh like your smile is so wonderful like you're so funny like the most compliments i've ever received and i'm like okay like clearly i'm not having was it
0: off-putting at all i feel like times that i've been in that situation it's made me feel weird
1: i mean I for sure was uncomfortable because I'm not used to that kind of like positive feedback, I guess. But it was really sweet. Like it, it seemed so genuine. So by the end of our third date, I guess we should just put this out here, uh, podcast world. I'm kind of a hoe.
0: <laughs> I think. Yes. I I actually think that the way I see it. The objective is not so much for you to say that you're a hoe, but to change what normal is, because I feel like so many people are, have to be coy or like lie about what they do and who they are because of like the expectation. When the reality is, is that everyone's a hoe, and if you're not, you're not living.
1: If you're not a hoe, you're not living. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it, it really it really did feel special, and I'm like, wow, like, obviously I want to have sex with, like, most guys I go out with, because I just want to have sex, but this one felt special, um, and I have a really frank conversation with him. We're going to call him Wayne uh, to preserve his identity. <laughs> Wayne. I'm like, Wayne, Um, I really want to have sex with you point blank. But we just have some ground rules to cover. Are you gonna, like, fuck me one time and then never see me again? I just want to be clear that that is not what I'm looking for. And he looks at me, again, in the eyes, like, dead on, and is like, Dean, I think I've done everything to prove to you that I really like you. Like, I I don't think that I've given you a reason to feel this way i really like you like and i just look at him and i'm like okay i mean i'll stop doubting you and i'll stop doubting me and i'll just take what you're doing at face value
0: i just want to take a moment to reflect on how like so far none of this is bad
1: it's yeah it's it's so good it's it's honestly like i've learned a lot (laughs) (laughs) terms of like what I need and how I communicate and I was straight up with this guy like I wasn't
0: yeah you have the transcript
1: I have the transcript (laughs) like I was not you know I'm not faking this anyways so he and I are on the same page so he planned to cook me dinner that coming week and so I show up to his apartment so we have dinner. Everything's normal. We're just like catching up from the week, whatever. And you know, things escalate. At some point, I just look at him and I'm like, Wayne, we need to have sex now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no.
1: I'm like, obviously, if you want, you know, like
0: I. I it, sex consent is, is key.
1: Consent is sexy uh (laughs) so (laughs) he's like oh yeah 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 yeah, let's have sex like total 17 year old boy moment okay flash forward to the sex because this is what we're all here (laughs) we're all here for (laughs) i'm gonna set the scene he's on top of me we're both naked we're like making out and it's showtime baby
0: um oh, no. And... that's so tired.
1: And I'm ready. And he immediately pulls out. And, like, throws his body off of me. And I'm, like, just laying there. And I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, the pussy is <laughs> lava? I, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm genuinely like concerned I'm like I like what is in there like what hurt him and he's like he's so cute he's so endearing so he like kind of looks at me and he's like oh I just got like really excited I have to like slow down and I'm like okay like no rush like I could be
0: After, after one
1: one pump (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, yeah you're, a- okay. you're asking the right
1: questions um thanks
0: <laughs>
1: and so i'm like it's okay like we can take our time like i'm in a rush and he's like no no, no i'm ready and so he again like kind of like pulls out and like throws his body off of me and i'm like are you sure you're okay like i'm a little concerned and he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Like, that happens, like, two or three more times. And then finally, I just look at him, and I'm, like, straight up, like, it's okay. Like, if you, if this is really quick for you, like, no judgment again. Like, I'm not going to hate you for it. When he finally does come to completion, uh, he, like, quickly exits me grabs his t-shirt from off the floor and then comes into his t-shirt. <laughs> and and I'm so confused. I'm like, did you, what? And he's like, I didn't have enough time to ask you if it was polite to come on your stomach. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, Okay. so I don't even want to give him a hard time for coming so fast. What happened afterwards is what pisses me off. He just puts on a pair of shorts and turns on Ridiculousness, the MTV show. <gasps> so I'm like, oh, like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do anything about me. Like, oh, how rude. That all happens. I'm like a little uneasy. So we smoke a bowl together, and I'm kind of falling asleep. And he looks at me, and he's like, oh, no, don't fall asleep. Like, And I'm thinking he's like being cute. Like, oh, I want to hang out with you more. Like, don't fall asleep. And instead, he was like, well, where are you going to sleep? And I'm like, what? He's like, well, were you planning to stay here? And I'm like, uh, no, I thought that like might happen, but I wasn't banking on it. Like I have somewhere to go tonight. I'm just very high. I'm like, currently I'm, I can't drive. I'm getting a little anxious and emotional answering all of his questions And not to like the point of tears, but I'm just like on edge. And he is like, so you're not staying here, right? And at that point, (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not staying here. I don't know what gave you that impression. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I just have to wake up early. I'm like, I know I'm not going to sleep as well with someone in the bed with me. And okay. As a matter of fact, I have, I have sobered up and it's time for me to go. (laughs) Uh, This is uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, I guess I should walk you to your car then. (sighs) And I'm like, Who are you, Wayne? Because the past three dates, you've, like, walked me to my car and paid for my dinner and been, like, let's hold hands. And somehow you flipped the script on me and brought your evil twin brother who says, I guess I should walk you to your car. I get home. He's texted me, like, I had so much fun tonight. Thanks for coming over. Um... Like, let me know if you want to hang this weekend. And I'm like, oh, I guess everything was normal. And I was just really high. And I just need to like, just, I need to trust my heart, whatever. And then here's a funny story. I text him to hang out that weekend and he ghosts me.
0: Poof. Uh, especially after the like, thanks for coming over tag. It's it's almost as if he felt like he was entitled to ghost you because he like put in the effort, like right afterwards. What an asshole.
1: What an asshole. Wayne in my house is, is not just Wayne anymore. He's Wayne Wayne the Underwear Stain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So,
1: Wayne, if you're listening...
0: (laughs) You're nothing more than an underwear stain, sir.
1: And you're also, to my friends, Wayne the Virgin.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean... It sounds like your experience more than anything was like emotionally traumatic. But if I do say so myself, mine might have been worse. <laughs> I will say it was definitely less emotional than yours, but significantly worse as a hookup. <laughs> <laughs> My story begins on a dating app called Scruff. I guess if like there's a spectrum of like, you know, how classy of an environment is it for meeting people. I would say it's like a little bit classier than Grinder, which I think is probably the 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 app that like most listeners will be familiar with. So yeah, so I met Mark on Graph and we end up kind of like communicating with each other for a couple of months probably. Like on and off, not like messaging every day. Just like we exchange a few messages and then no one responds until a couple of weeks later. So anyway, um, so I had a date planned. Um, it was on, like, a Wednesday night, and in the afternoon of that day, the person with whom I had a date planned, like, bailed on me, and so, like, my evening was cleared, and I was kind of, like, looking forward to going on a date, and um, so Mark messages me and i'm like oh this could be perfect it'd be my opportunity to like finally meet this guy that i've been talking with he
1: could be the one he
0: could be the one mark and i are chatting and i'm like what are you up to and he's like nothing i'm just chilling and i was like oh cool me too like you want to hang out and he was like yeah sure so anyway i he gives me his address i drive over there um i walk up to his building and it's like a building with a doorman And I don't know if you've ever gone to, like, meet a person that you don't know very well, like, at their residence when they live in, like, a building with a doorman. But it's very awkward because, like, I knew his name, his first name, but I didn't know his last name. And so I felt really awkward going to the doorman because I didn't know, like, uh, like, if he had asked me for a last name or a unit number, I wouldn't have had anything. So I'm texting him and I'm like, hey, I'm outside, like you know, what should I tell the doorman or whatever. And five minutes later, he finally is like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I just got out of the shower. So I keep standing out in front of the building. It's so awkward. they are, like, people coming outside. And I'm, like, I'm sure they thought I was, like, trying to get into the building, but trying to be, like...
1: Sneaky sneaky about about it. Sneaky
0: about it, like I was going to piggyback off of one of them. Um, But it was raining, so I, I couldn't get far away from the door because then I wouldn't be under the awning. So I'm just, like, awkwardly standing in front of the door of this building. Finally, the doorman walked outside and is, like, are you... Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, are you here to see Mark? And I was, like, uh, yeah. And he's, like... So then he just, like, doesn't say anything. And he's, like, finally, he's, like, so are you going to come in? And I was, like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I guess so.
0: Go. Should I not?
1: Is this is this my omen? Should I turn around?
0: The doorman um like has me sign in. I get to the door, I knock the door. I'm pretty sure I was waiting at the door for 5 minutes before he finally came and got it. So at this point I've waited like at least 20 minutes total from when I got out of my car to when I finally enter his apartment. But when I walk into the apartment, it's it's nice. He's being a little bit awkward, but generally very, like, gentlemanly is, like, offers me one of, like, the six different kinds of water that he had, you know. So, at first, like, there was an, uh enough of a connection. Then things started to get a little bit weird.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. This is what I love.
0: I think the first thing that was kind of strange is um we started talking about climate change, which, like, I think it comes up a lot. But you only remember the times when it comes up and something weird (laughs) arises from it so so he's like oh i really like let me show you this picture um and he spends like a long time (laughs) scrolling through his phone to like find a, a photo that he had saved that he wanted to show me as he's going through his phone it's like he goes past like all these naked pictures of men that aren't him I mean, for me, it's like weird to collect pictures of people.
1: Inappropriate, a hundred percent.
0: Like, unless it's just like, like you you go on a couple of dates with someone you want to show your friends, so you have like a very tame photo of their face or something. But like to have all these naked pictures of of other men, it was like he was keeping some kind of like yearbook of his like. But finally, he finds the photo. The photo is a picture of like North America as it would look after like water levels rise. But one of the first things I noticed about this map is that there's like this enormous like body of water that sort of like penetrates the US and covers Colorado of all places. Which like if you made a list of like the top 50 tallest mountains in the US, I'm sure like 35 of them probably are in Colorado. And I said this to him, I was like, you know, this map doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And he was like well, don't you think we should rather than completely rejecting this theory, shouldn't we be able to like consider both? Like consider the mainstream theories but also consider something like this because no one really knows what's going to happen. Well, I mean, based on that logic, like <laughs> we should be considering any old thing that anyone says about any topic and like that just doesn't make that doesn't make sense to me. So, I was just like this is this is not science. So then I started asking him about his work, and I guess his his most recent job uh, was up in Northbrook, Illinois, and he said one day he was at the Macy's up there, and somehow got into a conversation with some woman there who started talking to him about bloodsuckers, I think they're called, Uh, or at least that's what they do. Are you are you familiar with this? Like, have you heard of this?
1: Uh, I, I, this is making me uncomfortable.
0: Okay, so I had never heard of it either, but apparently this woman was, like, telling him about these people who, oh. as a hobby, entrap children and drink their blood in order to directly imbibe epinephrine. So, the idea is that these kids have like high levels of these hormones in their body, probably especially when they're like having their blood (laughs) pulled out of them. And like the most pure, direct form, the most pure, direct way you're able to like get this hormone is like directly out of somebody else's bloodstream. That's so it's sort of like you're getting a high off of like drinking someone's blood, Um, both from the act of it, and also from, like, the contents of the blood.
1: Pro tip, just eat out a bleeding lady. (laughs) 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 I knew that would make you uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) So, so he's, like, talking about this and he's like, yeah, apparently there are a lot of people that do this. And I was like, I don't believe you. (laughs) He's like, no, I mean, it's rich people. They just, you know, they have so much money that they get to a point where they're, like, looking for the next thrill and, like, you know, everyone in L.A. is doing this. And I was like, what? L.A.? Like, And then we're, like, we were on the topic of, like, rich people. And so then he starts talking about Bill Gates. And so this is where it starts to become familiar. This is where I'm starting to realize, like, oh, this is a conspiracy theorist. Like, because I know Bill Gates is like a, often a topic of like every conspiracy, you know, because people think that he controls the world. People think that he like created COVID so that everyone could be microchipped with like the ensuing vaccine. Like, you know, it's like a it's like a whole thing. Um, Microchip
1: me, Billy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> do it. I dare you.
0: So then he goes on this thing about how he recently like read in his fact calendar that Bill Gates first became the wealthiest man in the world in 1997, and that was striking to him because that's before Windows 98 even came out. So are we just supposed to believe that Bill Gates became the wealthiest man in the world before Windows' most successful product even hit the market? And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, like I believe it. <laughs> windows 95 is a thing microsoft is like a renowned company like sure yeah bill gates is the richest man in the world and then he was like well maybe it seems normal to you but i think most people don't realize how rich bill gates is like no one talks about it and i was like huh i think everybody knows that bill gates is really rich and mark is saying like well no bill gates is is very rich but he's smart about it he doesn't want people to know so like he's sort of like keeps his keeps quiet about it and I'm like i don't, I don't I just don't think but apparently Bill Gates is trying to keep his wealth under wrap because he doesn't really want a lot of scrutiny as far as like what he's doing with his money, which apparently is Bless to that. eradicate the poor. Bill Gates and all of his wealthy friends are disgusted by poor people, and they will do whatever it takes to literally eradicate the poor.
1: Um. I just I I wish when people said these things they like really thought about it like rich people thrive off poor people if there were not poor people there would not be rich people
0: well I think maybe he thought that he doesn't have to think a lot about what happens to him or like what he believes because apparently his astrologist in LA um, said that (laughs) he was going to have an experience where he would like have a significant g- amount of greater clarity um, and this ends up happening after he moves back to Chicago from LA, he has a car accident, which uh, ever since which he just feels like he has a deeper understanding of everything and, and it's sort of like clairvoyant, like he can, he can see things before they happen, and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and so...
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> I have two questions. How far along in the date are we, like, time-wise? <laughs> that you so, know that he's had this traumatic car accident where he's...
0: I guess... Now I'm,
1: clairvoyant. I
0: don't think the amount of... I don't think it was that much time. um, Because, like, really, I was not doing a lot of talking.
1: That was like, my next question.
0: Yeah, like, I was, I was mm-hmm. mostly silent throughout all of this. And he was really just, like, monologuing, jumping from topic to topic. Because really, like, I had no interest in, like, provoking him to talk about these things. So I don't think it was me. Like, he really just, like, went off on his own. So finally, I decide to go to the bathroom. I walk inside, and the bathroom, like, the lights of the bathroom go on. The toilet seat cover rises. And it's as if the bathroom is alive. Like, I sort of feel like I'm Belle in the Beast's castle. (laughs) start like looking around the bathroom for like surveillance camera like I was like this is weird so from that point I'm like on guard and um I
1: (laughs) can I ask you another follow-up question before you continue this whole first of all I've never been to a man's house that I haven't met before Mm -hmm. like that concept is new to me um, so at this point, have you shared your location with anyone?
0: I like I did not. So I definitely have my like. I'm pretty sure I have my location shared with you, but like I I did not let anyone know that I was like about to do this, and I should. I
1: think I think moving forward, if we could just if if we could just m- implement that as part of our protocol, I'm retroactively so anxious about this, like. You could not be with me today, and that makes me really sad. Like, I don't want to lose my husband before we even have to get married.
0: <laughs> well, I'm really sorry that I put our future uh, in such great danger, and I'm going to think about that next time <laughs> Under a risky situation. So, um, so at this point, I am faced with a sort of dilemma that I think often many people have faced which is like do i hook up with this person who is attractive just because they're here and they're attractive or do i come to terms with the fact that like this isn't going to go anywhere and so i just need to like exit the situation as quickly as possible i mean you can you know where this is going i don't need to tell <laughs> i don't need i don't need to tell you what choice i decided to make i was just like okay I can just like put all the conspiracy theory out of my mind, like he's still cute, we could just hook up and it'll be a one-night stand. So he uh, pulls out some alcohol and decides that we need to take shots. And I was just like, a part of me was like, well, I better watch him really closely and make sure he doesn't put anything in it. And then another part of me was like, but this is also really good because I feel like I need this to be able to stay here any longer. <laughs> so we take the shot and almost immediately he like starts making out with me and I was like okay well the alcohol didn't really kick in but whatever I'd rather this than him say anything else um so he uh is making out with me and then we start getting undressed and rather than like transitioning to the bedroom we're just like still in his kind of like kitchen you know it's like a It's a loft, so it's, like, the kitchen with the island that transitions into the living room space. Um, So he starts, like, undressing me, and he starts giving me a blowjob. It was fine, but then his phone starts ringing. I'm thinking he's just going to ignore it or, like, end the call. Um, That's a
1: weird thing to assume.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he looks at, like, the caller ID, and... It's his friend, Rob. And so... uh, He's like, oh, I'm going to answer this. It's my friend, Rob. And I was like, uh, okay. So he answers the call. and, And I guess in order to keep the mood going, he immediately puts it on speaker and continues the blowjob. And so Rob is... Uh, apparently Mark's sounding board for, like, conspiracy theories.
1: Who, and he just happens to call while you're over there. And
0: he just happens to call, and he starts going off about some thing about how, like, the Democrats are actually hypocrites, and how Trump is not an anti-environmentalist, and that Democrats are corrupt, and all this stuff, and it's just, like, really just killing the mood. And meanwhile, Mark is, like, continuing the blowjob, kind of, like, awkwardly, like, going, like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, while while Rob is talking. You're in
1: his mouth.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And so... yeah. Yep. Um, so this goes on for, like, a minute, and finally I, like, gently sort of, like, push Mark away and over start putting my clothes on and Rob is still on the phone and still going off so I sort of signal to Mark like I- I'm gonna go and Mark is like oh like no 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 but he's like won't hang up the phone like the phone is still going and so I'm like no it's okay so I'm like walking towards the door so then Mark follows me with his phone on speaker with the propaganda sort of like spewing out of it. And until the last moment before I finally shut the door, he's like following with the phone, trying to hold it like as close to my ear as possible so that I get like the maximum amount of propaganda before we never see each other again.
1: I am not often speechless, but what? Yeah. You win. It's not a competition, but you win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I really wish I wasn't the winner, but...
1: So I think the funniest thing about him, like, going after you with the phone, like, what I'm envisioning is, like, the religious people that have to go on missions. Anyone that will listen to them, they'll, they'll spout the gospel at full volume, and it feels like that.
0: True. But also remember... Mark is completely naked when he's doing this
1: i'm you know I'm really proud of you you didn't you didn't succumb to that pressure. You stayed true to yourself and your liberal midwest values, and you left.
0: <laughs> I think that some might say that the failure here is that you know I stayed as long as I did despite not being comfortable with the situation or that I even showed up in the first place but i I will say there was like a a tremendous amount of satisfaction in being able to, like, push him away while he was giving me a blowjob. I mean, he's definitely the the one who looks pathetic in this situation, the, like, naked dude chasing me with, <laughs> with a propaganda machine in his hands. Like, I, I felt like, at the very least, I left with m- my dignity in a way that he didn't, at least in my eyes. But then when I got home, he had blocked me on scruff, so... Maybe he had the last laugh after all. So, we've both clearly been through some trying times.
1: Honestly, both very traumatic and in very different ways.
0: What do you think we learned from this?
1: In short, men suck and it's not our fault.
0: If this is a moment to reflect on why am I single, I don't think I made any mistakes here. It was... and, And nor did you. I mean... You know, like we both did what what we were supposed to do given the circumstances. And in your case, you were kind of screwed over. In my case, I was just with somebody who's so wildly incompatible with me that it it wasn't worth even giving it the amount of consideration that I did.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, for your situation, you've had a lot of correspondence time with this guy, and you would hope that over the few months that you did talk that you would get a feeling for his character and who he is as a person. And it really goes to show you that until you meet someone face-to-face, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Online dating just exacerbates that problem.
0: Totally. I think also there's this feeling that you get when you're in a situation like this of being like completely isolated. At the very least, I feel like talking about it with you and knowing that like these shitty situations happen to to us both and and can happen to anyone. It is very therapeutic in that way I think. And so if I've learned anything it's that if you ever endure a shitty situation don't don't keep it to yourself because you're going to feel a lot better when you share it with somebody else.
1: Yeah and to that point I think that When everything happened with Wayne, it like gutted me in a way I wasn't expecting. Um, I think because it was going so well and for it all to crash and burn so quickly, in my mind initially, I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck did I do wrong? Maybe my body isn't as quote-unquote as he would have like not that I mean I had a better body than him more just like let's just put that out there but (laughs) you know (laughs) uh you know like all those self-conscious feelings start to bubble to the surface and it wasn't until you know sharing this with you and you know it wasn't until then that I'm like this wait a minute I did all the things right like I was up front with this guy I'm very honest and he just sucks.
0: I also think you're at a point where he owed you an explanation.
1: Should we text him? Should we go off script and text him right now?
0: Is it too late to text him? Uh, I think, I I think it would earlier. be interesting to text him.
1: Should I do it right now? I can pretend I'm drunk. It's Friday night.
0: yeah I mean should I do it if I were you even if it's not tonight I would be like hey like I realize we're not going to see each other again but can you at least tell me what happened are you afraid (gasps) to do it yeah what do you what's the worst that can happen
1: I mean the worst that can happen is that he's like you're a nightmare (laughs)
0: <laughs> right which wouldn't be that bad
1: which isn't t- too far from the truth um <laughs> i'm too nervous i can't do it i'm sorry it would be good for the show but i should have done it well earlier. if you do
0: decide to do it then we can always add it okay <laughs> um
1: sorry anyways getting back to the point. Um. Yeah, chams. I don't think that we did anything wrong. I think that... You know, this all goes back to my favorite saying.
0: What's your favorite saying?
1: <laughs> you gotta fuck a lot of frogs to find Prince Charming.
0: Well, yeah, I guess it is, after all, a numbers game.
1: So, chams. after hearing my story... On Wayne and recounting yours with Mark what is your biggest takeaway
0: I think I have two two my two big takeaways are this a just because you're having a hard time finding the right person does not mean that just anyone is the right person and b it's important that when you're going through dating and meeting people which is a very solitary experience it's really important to like lean on the people that you're close to to talk about it with because being able to recount those experiences and being able to feel like what you're going through is not abnormal is important and can make it all a lot more tolerable.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that point is that you can take a seemingly great guy based on experience, right? Like three really solid cute dates. And then you can take a conspiracy theorist (laughs) you've met for the first time at his high-tech apartment, and the ending can be exactly the same. So my takeaway is, is you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So having no expectations is kind of the best thing you can do.
0: I guess that leaves the most important question. Yes? Are we still getting married?
1: We are definitely still getting married. (laughs) I do. I do.